Well, you know what? You press play and you did the right thing, Suns fans. We here at the Suns Jam Session Podcast have another fantastic show lined up for you. Free agent frenzy's been going wild for the past couple of days, and it's really hard to keep up with everything. So we're going to try to do our best to obviously take a look at what the Suns have done in free agency and what that impact is to the roster heading into the 2020-2021 season. But we're also going to try to take a look at what the other teams have done around the league try to catch everything up, and see if teams around the league have either gotten stronger, gotten weaker, or stayed the same. So welcome, as always, to the Suns Jam Session Podcast. My name is John. I'm joined by my co-host, and that is Mr. Matthew Lissy. Matthew, welcome to the Suns Jam Session Podcast. How you doing tonight, brother? Hey, what's up, dude? We were partying, right? What a freaking yeah. weekend, dude. This Suns what? team, we got ourselves a ball club. We got ourselves a ball club, dude, and I am ecstatic. I'm wearing my wool hat tonight. Actually, it's a toupee, but no, no Suns hat tonight. No, yeah, you are going hatless. I, yeah, it's, it's it's different. You're wearing the the colors of the fall. I see. Yeah, you're embracing the, the fact that fall has is finally feeling like it's upon us in the Valley of the Sun. So exactly. that looks pretty cool. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, the fans have been asking. They're like, "Let's see that toupee," and I'm like, "All right, I got That's it out of the closet, dusted it off, put it on." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so much has been going on, man. I mean, trying to find your toupee in the closet must have been as hard as trying to figure out everything that's going on as far yes. as free agency is concerned across the NBA. It's definitely been one of those weekends where if you have your Woj and your Shams notifications on Twitter, it's constantly going on. And it's almost like a little treat you're unpacking every time. Every time a little tweet goes off, you're ooh, <laughs> who went where? Let's see what's yeah, on. Shit. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of frustrating to begin because the Suns didn't do anything that first night. Yeah, it was kind of, I don't know, but this time around, dude, I have seriously been so patient with this team. I trust them. Once you get Chris Paul, it's kind of like, let's just wait and see what happens because we got Chris Paul. So <laughs> I like, I'm still amazed at that. I know we talked about it before, but coming off of that, I am trusting this team even more so they can do what they want. I will follow them into the darkness. Yes. Uh, in James Jones, we trust. And although it might've been a little bit of delay as far as acquiring assets for this team, assets have been acquired and we're going to go over that in this podcast as well as like i said at the beginning we're going to go ahead and take a look at the different impact that this is going to have on teams throughout the nba remember as always suns fans to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to the podcast make sure you subscribe rate and review whether you're listening on spotify or apple podcast or stitcher we appreciate it the sun's the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, both ourselves and Fanning the Flames. We truly appreciate it. If you're watching this on YouTube, please hit subscribe as well. And you can hit the little bell, which will remind you every time that we go live, which is on Thursday and Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Arizona time. So uh, I think that's everything. You can hit up the show, sunsjamsession.com, or email us, sunsjamsession at gmail.com. But I think that uh, one of our good buddies in the chat, Vincent Stefanelli, what up, fellas squared? Oh, I got to say, what up, what up, fellas? Never gets it's, old. Never gets old. Perfect. We're going to be embracing this. Uh, if you don't like that, you might as well just stop tuning in because we're going to be playing that all season long. Matthew, are you going to crack open a beer with me on this beautiful Sunday night? What do you this. got there? Look at that. This is a uh, vintage Coors Light. Where's my camera? Ooh, oh, there Coors. it is. Look at that. Coors Some Light. Coors. Well, yeah, sorry. Ha- have you heard of that show on Netflix called Cobra Kai? Yes. Uh, you got me into that show. I, 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 I actually just started watching. I know it's been out for two seasons and the third season is actually coming out on January 8th. But in it, Johnny Lawrence, who fought Ralph Macchio's character, uh, uh, LaRusso, in the original Karate Kid. Johnny Lawrence drinks a lot of these Coors Banquet beers. 
and I've yeah. become obsessed with these quarters banquet beers ever since then. So <laughs> are you flipping cheers. your caps everywhere like him too? Yeah, I don't I, know how he does that. Oh, it's easy. It's easy stuff. Yeah. I'll show you. Okay. You nerd. Come on, man. Be All badass. Right. All right. That's well, I'm, I'm, yeah. I know. <laughs> well, let's let's pop open beers. All right. Let's talk Phoenix Suns, baby. Well, free agency began on 4 p.m. on Friday, and initially there was no moves, Matthew. I mean, were you worried when you were seeing that potential free agent targets were going off the board left and right, and the Phoenix Suns remained silent? Not too much. You know what I was actually pretty excited about is a lot of the teams I dislike, like the Mavericks and the Spurs, they weren't really adding too much. So it was more like me watching the other teams to make sure they don't get any better, and then a lot of the team, a lot of these players going out east, which was pretty nice to actually make me a little bit more calm. But as the Suns were not making any moves, I wasn't too crazy. I wasn't going too crazy like a lot of people on Twitter. I was just being calm and I was, you know, waiting to see what was going to happen. So I trusted them. And uh, how about you, man? Were you was it driving you nuts or what? A little bit. I mean, it was like watching your brothers and sisters open Christmas gifts that you wanted, and you have to just sit there around the Christmas tree and wait. Like I said, yeah. you know, my notifications were on, and I'm just, you know, ready for everything to kind of go wild. And nothing went wild. I actually, I sat there uh, and I watched the NBA Jump like free agency special show. And as it kind of was going along, I'm like, one, nothing was really happening right at four o'clock, and that's understandable. Yeah. But two, as the night progressed, I'm like, the Suns aren't really doing anything. And it was kind of frustrating. And as, as you know, I'm, I'm sitting there waiting for it to kind of happen. I think Dave King said something. He's like, settle down, guys. It's only been like 12 hours. You know, and that I think was that was crazy, right? It yeah, was only 12 it hours. It felt like an eternity. Yes. You know, so I was just like, okay, when wh- when's it going to be our time? You know, and, and finally our time came when Jay Crowder was announced on Saturday morning. But prior to that, prior to us acquiring Jay Crowder, who was the biggest name to go off the board that you wanted? It this has been such a blur. I feel like the past two days, so where I'm like, I don't know if this guy came off before or after, but Montrez Harold that was before, right? Was that Friday yeah. night? Yeah, so when he signed, he got that contract 19 million for two years. I'm like, what? This is like the number one guy I wanted the Suns to get the perfect backup, the sixth man of the year. Went to the Lakers almost to despise, like, I feel like the Clippers for their effort in the bubble of not trying to win a game after going up 3 1. So I feel like that's the why that's the reason he signed with the Lakers. But that was a guy I wanted, especially for the money. Like the money itself was perfect. I thought a good replacement for Baines, who still has not yet. Oh, I'm sorry, he actually did make a decision. Yeah, why we're sign. at dinner? Yeah, yep. he did sign with the Raptors. But um, so we all knew he was going to leave. So that this is who I wanted to back up DeAndre Ayton. I know we have a lot of help at the four and five, but this would have been the perfect replacement for Baines, and he was out the window. Yeah, and I, I'm in the Danilo Gallinari camp. I was sitting there waiting for you know to hear the word that Danilo Gallinari was at least in talks with the Phoenix Suns, and because I mean salivating over that lineup, you think of it's like DeAndre Ayton, Danilo Gallinari, Mikael Bridges, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul. I'm like, holy shit, man! Like you get goosebumps just thinking about it. And then I heard yeah. that he signed with the Hawks, and he did a three year, sixty one point five million dollar deal with the Hawks. I'm like, yep, that was not uh, Phoenix Suns kind of money. So. 
Unfortunately, yeah. he's somebody who was clearly out of our price range. And that, that's what I was kind of wondering as free agency was going. I, I was really taking a look at the, the contracts and seeing what those numbers were and seeing if it's something that either James Jones maybe tried to make a move and we, these guys had priced themselves out of the market or if these were guys that uh, James Jones just didn't have any interest in knowing that they were out of our reach financially. Uh, another guy that I was kind of interested in and hoping, you know, against all hopes, who would join us was Goran Dragic and Dragic. Really? Yeah. Really? How great would it have been if he came that back for a third cool. stand? That would have been, it would have been perfect. Everything's perfect. changed. Usually I was against that, like bringing in the older guys from the past, but everything's changed for the better. And Dragic just fits what's going on now. So him yes. coming back would have been perfect. So yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So no, I mean, but he was literally, he right? was the first person off the board, like right when four o'clock hit Arizona time, it was Dragic going back to the heat for two years, 300 or, or 337.4 million dollars. Yeah, I think paid. the second the second year is a team option. But yeah, okay. he got he got paid. I mean, he got paid. And the Heat are doing what they should be doing. They're bringing him back for a year with yeah. that team option knowing that Giannis is going to technically be available next year cuz he still hasn't signed his Supermax with the Milwaukee Bucks. But he was the first one and like right away my hopes were, you know, kind of like, "Oh, damn it. Okay, that's how yeah. this is going to go." Yeah, and plus there's another guy too, Jeremy Grant. That's a guy we always talked about yes. too. He got paid the big bucks, um, but he honestly was one of the guys that I liked the Suns to get, wanted the Suns to get, but they didn't. Um, the guy we're going to talk about next and Jay Crowder, it's kind of like, you know what? I would rather maybe have Jay Crowder on his uh, contract rather than paying Jeremy Grant what he got paid. Agreed. No, complete, completely agreed. And let's let's go ahead and bring up the financials on Jay Crowder because he was brought in by James Jones on Sunday morning. Uh, you know, three years, thirty million dollars, so ten million dollars a year, completely affordable. The the kind of guy you want to add to add to your team, I think. So so, what are your thoughts, Matthew, on the Jay Crowder signing? Um, I was actually excited. You know, I kind of forgot he was there a little bit. I know everyone kept throwing out what was left, but at first going into this, I was like, yeah, maybe, but. By the time everyone was gone, who we just spoke about, even Bertans, when he was gone, I was like, you know what? Jay Crowder would be nice. And it happened. And I think this guy's perfect fit. I've never been the biggest fan of his because he was never flashy or anything, but he knows how to play ball. And he knows how to play ball, I feel like, with this group. Give them a month. He's going to fit right in. Maybe he's a starter. Maybe he's not. That's the best part is I feel like we have him, Sarge, Cam Johnson. Rotate those guys. Different set of skills in a way. But he's a perfect fit for this team, man. I think defensively, too, his rating last year in the 21 games played in the bubble, he was uh, he had 111.3 rating, which was way up there with everybody else. Um, but yeah, he wasn't really flashy, but who was flashy was Kelly Oubre. But this guy, I feel like we're getting with 10 million a year, Jay Crowder, three years, but you know, years don't really matter. Was that a burp? Did Oops. somebody just burp? <laughs> who just burped out there? Yeah, my bad. That's <laughs> one of those corn banquet beers, buddy. <laughs> but uh yeah, so, I mean, he's awesome, dude. I think that he's going to fit right in. And I think, um, like I said, after a month, I feel like he's going to be on the same page with this team and he really can fill what Kelly Oubre... Okay, so my whole thing is with Kelly Oubre, great player and all, but I feel like Jay Crowder will come in and he's going to be more focused and he's ready to win. Like a lot of these guys, he's ready to win a championship. He's not an elite player, but he's that good role player that the Suns need. Yes. And I, I don't know if I really want to see him as a starter. I think maybe off the bench would be great. But I mean, if it comes to the point in the season where he's playing the best, and yeah, put him in at the four. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, I think you 
you hit the nail on the head on that one. Uh, when I first heard Jay Crowder, I agree with you. I'm not a big Jay Crowder fan, nor was I ever a really big Chris Paul fan. And it's not because I didn't like these players in their games. It's because they weren't flashy. They, they're, they're more of the grinder type of player who I just didn't really enjoy because whenever we play them, they kill us. You know, Chris Paul, you, he scratches and claws and bitches and moans his way to where if you're the opposition, it's annoying. And Jay Crowder is the same kind of thing. He's somebody who can guard your guy in the low block. He can guard the perimeter. And he has the ability to to really just kind of wear your guys down uh, when he's playing yeah. defense to where on offense, you're not getting the, that same desired result. And I think you really hit on something that's important there. Kelly Oubre has never really played within the confines of the offense. I forget who put it on Twitter the other day, but it was fantastic. They said, can't wait to watch Stefan Curry pass Oubre the ball, run to the three-point line, waiting for a wide-open pass, just to see Kelly Oubre like, driving to the, to the basket. You know, It's like he kind of is a free-flowing, fun, do-it-yourself kind of guy. And when you need somebody who needs to be a role player within your offense – you're not going to get that in Kelly Oubre. You will get that with Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder is somebody who, you know, as you mentioned, he had a really good uh, performance in the bubble. Uh, he was traded from Memphis to the Miami Heat last year. And when he played with Memphis, you know, of the 45 games he played in, he started 45 games. Now, when he played with Miami, yeah. he started eight of the 20 games. You saw him score actually two points more per game coming off the bench than he was as a starter when he was with Miami. Uh, 44% from downtown when he was with Miami, only 29% when he was with Memphis, with Memphis. So, I mean, he was having kind of some challenges as a consistent starter. And I think that you know, that, that's a question I got for you, Matthew. Do you think that he's somebody who starts offense or is he somebody who's coming in off the bench? My prediction is he starts a season, him or okay. Sarge. I just I think we go back to the basics where Sarge or him, if Sarge comes back, which I feel like he's going to, I feel like he's the next piece that's gonna we'll talk about it later. But I think him him starting, uh Crowder was starting would be fantastic. But then I feel like Cam Johnson will probably come in maybe after a couple of weeks of the season and just outplay him for that role, which would be great. But I feel like if Cam Johnson's doing good on the off the bench, Jay Crowder's okay at the four. We already have such a great starting lineup. Just keep it that way. You know, we don't need like to have Jay Crowder come off the bench and then Cam lose his role, lose his identity coming off the bench. But I, I think he's going to start to start the season. And I think he'll probably lose it to Cam Johnson to put that at short. Yeah, no, I, th I think you're right. I think that he starts at the three bridges will start at the four. And I think that it's just going to kind of be playing that chess mask match game. You know, it's whoever yeah. had the better practice. That's who James Jones is going to do. And he's going to create that competition. And that's why the Jay Crowder being the number one transaction outside of obviously the Chris Paul trade, but in free agency being kind of where James Jones pushed the majority of his chips in is such a, a great acquisition because he is a grinder because he is somebody who is going to push his fellow teammates and he's going to challenge them. You know, he's an eight, eight or nine year vet. He's somebody who has yeah. played in, in many a playoff game. He's in the NBA finals just last month with the Miami heat. And he's somebody who is going to take these guys who are younger than him and, and push them and, and try to make them as great as possible. And also with that depth, you know, now you have more uh, opportunity to ensure that if, and when injuries do occur, that you have that depth. And that is what's unbelievably key. You know, I go back and I continually am thinking about last season. And one of the biggest challenges we had last season was depth at certain positions when injuries occur. When DeAndre Ayton and Aaron Baines were both injured and you're stuck with Frank Kaminsky and Czech Diallo, like, I'm sorry, you're not going to win those games. And the same thing goes for the wing position. Now, granted, last year we had Kelly Oubre, but when he went down, we had Cam and we had uh, Mikael Bridges. So we had the ability to kind of throw some guys in there who could, who could be serviceable 
and, and showcased to us that they were more than serviceable, especially in the bubble. Jay Crowder is just going to add right into that culture. And, you know, you, you look at the Jalen Smith draft pick, you look at James Crowder or Jay Crowder, just hardworking guys, hard nose, put your head down, easy to coach guys. And I think that's what James Jones has built as this culture, and that's the, the the definition of it. And you go back a few years, and you look at Ryan McDonough, there was no ever definition of what that culture was. That was always the continual complaint with the Suns. Well, who yeah, are they? Exactly. What are they? Are they a defensive team? Are they a shooting team? Like they 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 are so much more now. Yeah, and I think um, the Suns before were just like a, they were a team learning from nothing. It was like basically Booker. Hey, I have a shot to like be the face of the franchise here in Phoenix. So I'm going to put all I have into this franchise. The rest of the team is just like complain about a bunch of stuff, complain about the coaches, complain about no one teaching me anything. But that's the way it was. Now it's just like you see these guys probably coming to the practice facility facility already. They're going to be looking at each other like, let's get down to business. I feel like this team just knows what to do in the right spots. You have the guy like we're going to talk about next in Carter, Javon Carter, who oh, he, yeah. he's younger. He's This is going to be his fourth year, I believe. Yep. But he he is seriously going to learn so much. But he already knows so much about the game. Was that another burp? No, no, there, no. They're burps? Okay. Oh, no, I, I, I might not. be hearing things. Dude. I feel sorry for anyone who's listening <laughs> to the podcast. Like, <laughs> I, if, if I did burp, I didn't even note it. Jeez, I'm such a <laughs> trashy son of a bitch. Yeah, man, Carter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like Carter's going to learn, but he's already knows so much about the game. He, he almost was in control of that second unit in the bubble, but to continue from that, learn from Chris Paul is going to be fantastic. But yeah, these guys are going to be ready to play, man. Now, before we get on to Javon Carter, I just got to ask you, is this yeah. a clear win for James Jones in free agency, knowing that so many other names were off the board by the time Jay Crowder's name came up? Yeah, it's kind of nice. It's like you launched Pretans, uh, Jeremy Grant, and then my favorite, well, Harold was the one that really kind of crushed it for me. That was kind of sad not to get him, but for the money, we got Drake Crowder. That was nice. I think is, he won that. Is Jay Crowder a poor man's Montrez Harrell? I think he's better. I, I feel like he's a poor man's, who was it that I was thinking about the other day? Oh, I forget. But yeah, I can see that. Uh, I think Harold can maybe get above the rim a little bit more, but yes, I can kind of see that. I think he's, yeah, I don't know. You yelled it. I keep trying to f- remember who I was thinking about, but I totally forgot. So f- forget it. <laughs> what uh, what what do you think of the contract? <laughs> I think it's good, man. But the years, like I said earlier, the years yeah. don't really matter. I mean, yeah. you, maybe you give him the three years to make sure like he thinks he belongs, even though like that's what we gave Ricky Rubio the three year contract to be like, hey, here's three years. We want you part of this future in a way. I don't know if he cares because he's starting to go from team to team to team. But I think it's a good amount of money too, and especially for three years, it makes him feel like he belongs here. Yeah, and he he knows he's going to be part of this culture moving forward. Yeah. And again, those three year contracts are something that I think are kind of the sweet spot for NBA players because after two years, you can it becomes a sexy contract. You can trade that for you know it's like Kelly Oubre, the seventeen million dollar contract for one year is something that was an asset. It was just a little too heavy. You had to move it. Whereas like with 10 mil, you have a little bit more flexibility in there. Uh, Raymond Gonzalez in the Facebook chat said, would you compare Crowder to PJ Tucker? I would. I think that's actually a much better comp than Montrose Harrell because Montrose Harrell doesn't shoot the ball at all. And uh, both, yeah. both Crowder and PJ Tucker are physical players who can, who like to shoot the three ball uh, can rebound and play bigger than they are because I mean, Jay Crowder is six foot six. And I like when we, when we, uh, Got him. I was. I went. I looked. At, I'm like, oh, he's only six foot six. I always felt he he was like six eight. But I mean, maybe that's yeah. No, yeah. But PJ Tucker, I feel like is a little bit more physical. He yes. feels. I feel like he owns the paint a little bit more. He pushes that big booty around more than what uh, Jay Crowder does. But yeah, I can see the comparison. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about Jay Crowder is, I, you know, me personally, I think it's a clear win for the Suns, most yeah. notably because he chose Phoenix over Dallas. 
This wasn't Beautiful. a trade. This was free agency. He had an opportunity to look at uh, a plethora of different teams, and he decided, you know what? I'm going to go play with the Phoenix Suns. You look at some of the different um, sites. Uh, there, there's one that I like. It's called basketballrealm.com. Uh, he was also interested in going back to the Heat as well. You know, he could have gone to the Heat. He could have gone to the yeah. Lakers, the Clippers, and the Mavericks. He chose Phoenix. And again, it's another valuable side you know, note to the whole free agency thing is we are going to start to see people be interested in what's going on here. You start to look at how this roster is built out, and we'll touch on, touch on this a little bit later. You're going to bring some people if you bring these kind of guys. Obviously, one guy that is now back with the Phoenix Suns that I think everybody's excited for is our man, Javon Carter. Okay, our beloved C4 is back, baby. And he's, he's the kind of guy you want in your locker room. You know, there's a reason Austin Rivers is with the New York fucking Knicks now. It's because no one wants a low character guy. And I'm pleased that James Jones recognized this and made it a point to bring him back. Do you think that this signing was a foregone conclusion? Or do you think that there was a little bit of wiggle room for Javon Carter? No, I think this was going to happen all along. Um, I think that it would have been a bummer for Phoenix Suns fans, right? This would have been yes. terrible if he were to leave. Because how do you replace this guy? I feel like he's going to learn so much from CP3. He's evolving into a much more uh, playmaking point guard. I know he's not really there yet at all, but you can kind of see it, like I was saying in the bubble. But I feel like he's going to learn so much from CP3 and like the best guy to back him up and just run the second unit, I think. And a fan favorite by far, someone that I feel like got a good contract for him and also for the Suns as well. And it's, of course, it's a longer contract, three years. So it's like you kind of belong yep. here. We want to keep you here. And I, it's kind of crazy how these point guards, we had such a hard time before. And now it's just like, we're upgrading by keeping Javon Carter. And then we upgrade Rubio, who was like the best point guard we had in a while, to CP3, who's yeah. great. But then having but then having Javon Carter behind CP3, learning and playing beside him or behind him, that's even better. So it's just crazy how our point guard situation is like off the wall. I don't even know what's going on anymore. This is just nuts to believe to me. I'm just so happy because he was my favorite starting off right at the beginning of last year. I just I saw the grind that this guy had. I saw his aggression on defense, his will, his ability to play full court. And I just love guys like that. I like guys who like to put in the work, you know. The fact that he wears two different shoes, hell, I'll say I like that too, although it kind of drives me crazy <laughs> yeah. sometimes. I think I was watching a game once with your dad and your dad's like, "Why is that guy got two shoes on?" I'm like, "I don't even want to try to explain." I've never watched a game with my dad, but you watch a game with him? Yeah. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm not just joking. I'm, I'm like I'm his favorite uh, son-in-law. Oh, you're your favorite, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think you made a good point about playing behind CP3 because CP3 is a good archetype for him to learn from. Yes. Now, granted, CP3 is a gifted athlete who has elite floor vision and, and the ability to set other guys up for success. And that's something that Javon Carter will have to work on very, very hard to to perfect and and won't nearly come close to the skill set that Javon Carter or um, Chris Paul has. No. I mean, we just have to un understand and respect that. But at the same time, to learn how he approaches the game, to see how he uh, uh, is a professional, to see how he talks to his fellow teammates and, and to have those conversations and be in that room with him can do nothing but benefit Javon Carter. A lot of people were saying, you know, yeah, go get the Tyrese Halliburtons and the, and the Kira Hayes. Yeah. We have Javon Carter. And, and again, he might not showcase the athleticism that those guys did as draft prospects, but we'll see what actually happens when the games begin, because it's my thought that he'll be the first one off the bench behind CP three. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the flow that we want, too. We want Javon Carter to come in and give us that the hustle, the energy that he's been showing us. And I think to bring in like a Halliburton and like to slow down the process of learning and teaching, which is fine for these young guys that need to learn it, like we need to teach them the game. 
But we have a bunch of guys on the team, most of them on the team, that are just ready to play. We don't have to worry about, oh, you're supposed to be here and not there. Of course, we'll see a few of some of those, but not as much as what we used to see for like the past five years. It's basically just go out. You guys know what to do. They're going to have the pace of the flow of the game is going to keep going with Javon Carter. And that's what we needed. And that's what he did in the bubble. And we saw it sometime during the season. He wasn't as consistent. But when the team was right, he was right. And uh, Nathaniel in the chat on YouTube brought up, you know, are we going to resign Payne? You know, this year we won't resign him. He's already under contract. He had a very uh, optimal contract. I think yeah. it's shy at $2 million this year. So he's another guy who, you know, who performed very well in the bubble and will have an opportunity to learn under CP3. And between him and Javon Carter, you're really going to have that opportunity to mix and match. And, and I feel like you, Again, I don't know what we truly have in campaign. You know, there's a reason this guy yeah. bounced around and then was out of the league for a year. Okay, Attitude but if he, problems. yeah, right, and and I'm, I think, yeah, well, that and then he had a hard time with his, his jump shot, which he didn't have a hard time with in the bubble. Not so if, we, if if we see those that progression, you know that like you said, that backup point guard spot is is on point, if you will. Elia Kobo, that guy was going to be the last guy off the bench. Uh, if we still have a G League affiliate, he'll be down there playing. So I really think that. Um, that's how it's going to kind of play out for the Suns. Uh, do we believe Cameron so Payne is the primary backup point guard to P to CP3? I think Javon Carter is. I think Javon I think so Carter too. is the primary. Well, when they were playing together, Cameron Payne, I mean, his jump shot was fine in the in the bubble. It looked really great. I think he played a lot more too. So I think you can see him playing more of the two role, I'm assuming, as long as there's no injuries. I feel like he's going to be more of a two. Well, but on the other side of that, you take a look, and who did the Suns sign today? They brought in Etwan Moore for yeah. one year, $2.4 million. And I think that with CP3, Javon Carter, Campaign, Eliakobo, they needed to make this move because they needed somebody who operated more within the space as a two guard. You were right. Javon yeah. Carter, Campaign, they both kind of took a, their their turn playing a two. But Etwan Moore has actually been classified as a two. To, even though he's six foot three, he's more of an offensive threat than those two are consistently. I think that's where, you know, Javon Carter, Cameron Payne, uh, playmaking ability, I'd give it like a C. Uh, defensive yes. tenacity, I'd give an A-. minus. Uh, but consistency shooting, they probably get a B. And Etwan Moore is more of your B-plus kind of guy. He He's the guy who, you, if, if you need Devin Booker to come off the court, you can put him in and he can get you some points and he can do it quick. Yeah, definitely, dude. He's a three-point shooter. He almost shot like 40% from three. Yeah. He's been a starter in the league for the Pels. So he's... He's kind of been around a little bit, but he he's a guy that started to come off the bench. He'll do either either way, but he's of course not going to start for the Suns. But coming in just as a two or even the one, we just we need the shooting, I think too. Especially if you still have Elliot Kobo, I feel like that's an issue because he, I feel like they tried to play him maybe at the two too much last year, and he just his shot is just not that good, and his playmaking ability is a little too slow. So if he improved on that, maybe he can play the one. But having Antoine Moore is nice. I don't know how much minutes he's going to get. Like how many minutes do you think he would get? behind Javon Carter and CP3. What's that? How many minutes? How, yeah, how many minutes? It's going to be tough. It's going to have to be a rotation. You know, I, Again, I think what's so important about the way that James Jones has constructed this backcourt is the fact that if anybody gets injured, because let's, let's face it, Matthew, we love CP3. The guy's not going to be playing the whole season, man. He's not going to. It's 72 games, and we're, we're probably going to see 60 to 65 games out of CP3. That's fine with me. You know? So these other guys are going to have to come in and put in quality minutes. And I think that that is why he's built this out the way that he has. Uh, shout out to a couple of people in the, in the chat. Vincent Stefanelli, Purdue, Etwan. Yeah. Uh, he's Etwan is a 
is a Big Ten Purdue guy. So yeah. always always tough guys come out of Purdue, like Drew Brees, Drew Brees. Uh, Payne is so underrated. I saw how badly he wanted to be in the NBA uh, and prove him wrong, and that's what he did, and that's why he's still that's, on this team. That's his thing, dude, is because yes. he has a chance with Monty Williams. That he he has an opportunity to come in, and Monty really likes him, and I feel like it's just his attitude towards the game before, but now he realizes things, so it could be a good story, and I hope so. And I, I think one of the other reasons that Etwan Moore was signed is the fact that he is a veteran. You know, you, you take a look at this roster now, and along with Jay Crowder and Chris Paul, Moore is the only other son who's over 30 years old on the roster. Yeah. And he recognized, he's like, I do need to bring in some form of veteran presence, some guys who have uh -huh. had some success in the NBA. And Etuan Moore has definitely done that. Yeah. Like you said, you know, for his career, okay. And mind you, this guy's a nine year NBA vet. He shot 39% from downtown. So, I mean, the guy can can shoot from deep. Now, granted, he doesn't shoot a ton from downtown, but he still has the ability to provide that offense that we're going to need at times. You know, the, the other thing you have to remember when you look at this, this roster is not every guy plays all the time. You're going to be doing eight to nine-man rotations. You need that depth to, to help us with injuries. And I'll go back to last season. What killed us was our depth because we were so injured. I mean, I've never seen a team. I, I've never been more happy for a Phoenix Sun team just to have it all taken away from our grasp with injuries. Everybody was yeah. injured all the time. You know, knock on wood, Devin Booker was the only guy who wasn't really injured last year. Everybody else sat out with injury. Rubio was out. Baines was out. Saric, you know, was hit, hit and miss. Mm -hmm. uh, Kaminsky was out. I mean, everybody was out. So the reason you have all these guys and you create this depth is for to, to ensure that you're not giving up games just simply due to injury. And I think that bringing in Etwan Moore assists with that. Yeah, sorry. Others. <laughs> Is it a motorcycle? <laughs> that's that's a big one. Yeah, wow. that was a big one, man. Drag racing. Yeah, he does. What I love though about how he is older, but the guys we still have on this team, uh, God bless Kula Ubre, but I feel like they're just they have like the old mind already, like Cam Johnson, Javon Carter, Mikhail Bridges, like they're just an old basketball mind where like they're they look like and they seem like they're prepared for anything on the court. Of course they have a lot to learn still. But it's just like they're ready. I feel like they're going to adapt to whatever's going to happen. And they're the best available players that we have that were young to stay within this offense with Chris Paul and Devin Booker who mm -hmm. are ready to win a championship. So I love that part. And, of course, you do have more that's been around. He's been playing for a while. But still, just the young guys, I feel like they just have that old mind. If that makes any sense, I feel like they're just more they're mature. Than, yeah, more mature than what, we, what we've what seen in the past and what the younger guys I think you're right. I think that you're dead right. I think back to some of our teams, you know, when you have like Josh Jackson in the locker room, you just had a lot of immature yeah. guys on the team and not a lot of good leaders, you know, respect to Jared Dudley. There's only so much he could do with some of those guys back in the day, <laughs> you know? I mean, Josh Jackson wasn't yeah. the kind of guy who listened to anybody. Uh, the last guy that the Suns brought in was Damon Jones, okay? Formerly yes, the Atlanta man. Hawks and a two-time NBA champion with the Golden State Warriors. Be truthful. Do you know who J Damon Jones is? When I saw it, I was like, who? So, yes, I did not know. Um, so, <laughs> I'm being truthful there. I did not know. You have to just watch this guy. But what I've seen, I mean, he's 6'11". He looks kind of lost a little bit on the offensive side by the glass. And he can definitely float when he's uh, dunking the ball in a wide open lane. But besides that, I don't know what else we're really getting from him. I know Flex was really excited on his tweet. Uh, like a low-key signing, but I mean, what do you think? What did, did you know who he was? I knew who he was, and I knew that he was a part of those Warriors championship teams. So when I saw that name, uh, I had to think about it for a little bit, and I was like, okay, why do I know that name? Why do I know that name? And I was like, oh, yeah, this is some guy who never played and, and has got two rings. I was like, And then I didn't know that he was in Atlanta, I'll tell you that. I knew that you know he was off in the NBA somewhere, 
but what I honestly think when it comes to Damon Jones is like he is Elia Koba, or I'm, I'm sorry, Czech Diallo now. That's who he, he is, is on the yeah. team. He is yeah, your exactly. backup to the backup to the backup. And if he's playing, we're seriously, you know, an injury trouble because he's just that's that's what his skill set kind of is. You know, you look at I don't know what the actual numbers are as far as um what his contract's gonna be, but I'm sure it's gonna be very low. But I did see somebody on Twitter, you know, again, whenever these things happen, I go on to the Twitter uh, accounts of these of the uh, team in which these players played for. I'll go to their team Reddit sites. And yeah. somebody said uh, after the after he was signed with Phoenix, he said, good luck to him. The Dubs literally tried to give him the starting center job, but he just couldn't hold on to it. Has a lot of athletic ability, but he doesn't have a basketball skill or doesn't have basketball skill. The athleticism reels you in, but never gets beyond that. So that's kind of a Warriors fan. Uh what their perspective is on Damian yeah. Jones joining the Suns. And I could see that too. When you just see him around the rim or he, he needs to work on basically his interior um, presence and honestly his little floaters or anything he wants to do around the rim because he just tries to like dunk over people or throw really awkward shots around the rim. So besides that, he's got the championship experience, right? Yeah. He's doing that. The championship <laughs> okay. sweat. Yeah, he's like, I was the last guy on the bench, man. You know, check out this ring. He'll be the only guy walking around the ring in there, you know, showing yeah. it off to Chris Paul. Poor Chris Paul, though. This guy's grinded his whole career, 14 years in That's the NBA. That's why be so worth it. If yes. he wins here, you can't say that he just jumped on some bandwagon. It's not his team. It's Booker's team, of course, but he came here, and this is a super team. Uh, maybe if we got another player, who knows? Blake Griffin still needs a home, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not done with that. Still not over so I'm just saying this is uh, the team that Booker needs. And, I mean, Chris Paul, a guy who wants to win a championship, is going to do whatever it takes. Maybe he'll play all 72 games. Who knows? You never know, man. Let's hope know. so. Yeah. It'll be nothing but productive. Uh, but the, the other thing I want to talk about real quick on Damian Jones before we exit that is yeah. I think this is just extra padding behind Jalen Smith because I'm really interested to see how the Suns are going to use Jalen Smith, the rookie. Um, I, I just don't know yet because I for a uh, four slash five, the backup, I can see it. It's funny. You go around to Suns Twitter, people are talking about, oh, he'll be the starting four. It's like, come on, man. Like, look yeah, at this I mean, team we probably, have. I mean, he doesn't even really know. I mean, some interviews he's had, he's had where he went over film and tape of what he did on the floor, things he can work on. He doesn't even really know if he's a four or five yet. So I don't know about Chris. That's a guy with an attitude. This, this, uh, this guy, Jalen Smith, I think he knows what he wants in life. So. Not a bunch of never mind. Let's just stop there. <laughs> so we'll we'll see how it goes. We'll see. Uh, but now that everything's all said and done, are you pleased with what the Suns have done in free agency, knowing that they're potentially not done? Are you pleased with it? I am. I am. The last two ads are a little bit of fillers, but we got some big names, and we got names. I feel like, of course, with Chris Paul, but even Jay Crowder, where it's just like these are players Suns will never get in the past. We would get the Trevor Ariza, who just doesn't want to be here and yeah. is way past his prime, can't contribute at all. That's like the the signings the Suns used to get. So to have a guy like Jay Crowder come in, which a lot of teams were fighting for, not a lot, maybe two or three. It's just nice that Phoenix is a place where these guys want to come to, and they're gonna, they're excited to be here, man. That is that means more than anything to me. No, I completely agree. What about you? Uh, no, I completely agree. And if you take a look at kind of the Suns' roster now, you look at the guards, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Cameron Payne, Javon Carter, Elliot Coble, Etwan Moore. Uh, Abdel Nader is kind of a float between a guard and a wing. I really can't classify him. We also have Tyshawn Alexander, who we signed on a two-way contract. Yeah. Although yeah. I don't know what the purpose of that really is because uh, he won't play wings and bigs. You got Mikel Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder, Deandre and Jalen Smith and Damian Jones. So you, you look at this squad 
as of right now, and we're, again, we're recording this on the 22nd of November at 8 o'clock, so anything could happen. My phone hasn't gone off with any Woj bombs, so this is kind of where we sit right now. And you, and you look at this as compared to the team that was in the bubble. And I remember we had that podcast, and we talked about how much we love that team. And like you know, you, you talked about the 40% turnover, and would you be happy with it? Well, let's take a look, okay? So Chris Paul yeah. is, now, is now here. Ricky Rubio, that's the replacement. Of, that, that's an upgrade. Devin Booker, Cameron Payne. Javon Carter, Elia Kobo are also members of the Phoenix Suns, just as they were in the bubble. Etwan Moore's your newest guy who's here. He pretty much took over the place for Ty Jerome. Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson are both here. Jay Crowder's the guy who took over for Kelly Oubre. Is that a plus or a minus? You know, that's I, I, I don't really know. It'll be Deion, tough. It'll be tough. It'll be interesting to see because, like we said, who plays within the confines of the system better? It's probably Jay Crowder versus Kelly Oubre. DeAndre is still here now, backing him up instead of. Aaron Baines and Frank Kaminsky. It's Jalen Smith and Damian Jones. I think we're weaker there, but we don't know because we don't know what Jalen Smith really has. We know that Frank Damian Jones and Frank Kaminsky are are probably be a very interesting one-on-one match because those guys are both garbage. Yeah, it's definitely up in the air, but Jalen Smith, I feel like maybe he has a chance. He he's either going to be worse than Baines or, or way better. I feel like it's going to be very difficult, but I feel like just be, for him to play the four and five is fantastic because remember the the Bane starting lineup with Aiton, how terrible that was. Like, yeah, the twin stuff we don't have to worry about. I just feel like Baines just lost a step. I love Aaron Baines, but Jan Smith, his ceiling, I feel like it's just way higher. And if we have him for till the end of the year, he's gonna learn so much, dude. He's ready to prepare and put in all he has. But that's basic stuff. What I just said. But uh, yeah, what's next? <laughs> well, but but I think with Jalen Smith, there's opportunity. Okay, we mm-hmm. know what Aaron Baines was. He's a great screen setter who could shoot the three ball, but it was it was spot up three. Jalen Smith's going to add a lot of different versatility. He's a, a best in class rebounder. He can shoot the ball. He hustles, and yeah. he can, he can you know come off screens even and shoot. He can turn around and shoot. So I mean, I feel like it'll be interesting to see what Jalen Smith actually can bring in his rookie season as compared to one Aaron Baines had. But I think potentially that is upgrade because there's just so much more there. No one wants to say goodbye to Aaron Baines. I'm part of that no, camp, but no. clearly no. he wanted uh, some money. We'll, we'll talk about his contract here. I was actually kind of shocked for what he went for, but he went. To, he wanted to win, so he went to Toronto. I think that's what's interesting about this roster, and I'll, I'll bring it up one more time, is the versatility. If we want to go defense heavy, we can go Chris Paul, Javon Carter, Jay Crowder, Mikael Bridges, and DeAndre Ayton. If we want to go shooter heavy, Shooter heavy, we can go Chris Paul, Dem Booker, Jay Crowder, uh, Cam Johnson, and you could put Aiton in there or Smith if he's somebody who does a good job with the, you know stretching the floor. Yeah. So I really like the flexibility of this lineup when healthy because you can put out different sets out there. Again, think about that defensive lineup. Paul, Carter, uh, Jay Crowder, Bridges, and Aiton. Like we can shut teams down for like four or five minutes at a time when we need to, if James Jones or I'm sorry, uh, Monty Williams wants to pull that lever. Yeah, dude. And especially if Sarge is coming back, Cam Johnson was improving. I feel like on the defensive end, he has a, he, he's a little bit longer than people think. And I feel like he can really keep up with people and on the switches and the pick and roll. He seemed like he was there and there wasn't a lot of examples, but I feel like if he was actually on switched onto a guard, he can keep up with them, which is fantastic. But Besides that, it'll be great if Sarge does come back because how are they going to mix and match Cam Johnson, Sarge, uh, Smith, Aiton, you know, those four, you know, in and out, in and out. Like, how is that going to work? And like you said, defensive, offensively, they can mix and match with that. It's going to be great, dude. I think that even with the three-point shooting with these guys, like, it, that's crazy. That's crazy that we have bigs that can shoot. 
wings that can shoot and then guards that can shoot three. Well, that's what you Almost need in the NBA. I know, but it's nuts. It's just like I those seasons with the Suns where it's just like, who's going to come in and score? Who's in the game besides Booker right now that can help the Suns score? Now we have multiple guys. We'll see how consistent it is, but we have multiple guys. Well, I think you brought up something that's very, very interesting, and that's the whole Dario Saric dilemma right now. Will Dario be back? And I honestly think that him coming back is such a key for success for this team. Uh, I was watching Suns Geek before this, and he was doing um, a live stream on his YouTube channel. So if you guys want to see some good Suns content, go see Suns Geek. And one of the questions they brought up was, you know, they were talking about Dario Saric and kind of, you know, what's his his athletic ability and, you know, kind of all the X factors that are Dario. And, you know, if Dario is your starter, he's, he's going to bring everything that he has and it's just not going to really come up. It's not going to look great because he's going to get starters, but if he's on your second team and he's your sixth man, he gives the same amount of effort and he looks really, really good. And if we bring him in as another versatile wing who can potentially play five, if we really want to go small ball, the Suns get really, really interesting. So I really hope that they bring back Dario Saric uh, some uh, mugshot gaming said they may be holding off on Dario in, just in case there's a good sign and trade offer. That could be true. That I could, know that yeah. George Hill, somebody that a lot of people have talked about and said, you know, if there's a good sign and trade opportunity to get George Hill, that'd be a, that'd be really good to kind of fit him in as that, that two slash three. Um, but man, I would love to have Dario back. I am a huge Dario fan. I think he's great for the locker room. He's a great, you got to have the hustle guys, Jay Crowder, hustle guy. Jalen Smith from what all reports say, hustle guy. Dario Sarge, the king of the hustle guys. Yeah, and dude, what have we been talking about since last season? Dario coming off the bench. That's what we need. That's what we want. And what cures that, especially if Sarge is kind of like a little bit butthurt from it, from coming off the bench again, it would just be winning, buying into the system. And then him also coming off the bench and having great numbers to where teams, if he is to get paid later on like next offseason or the season after, teams will see that he has potential and that he maybe could be a starter again, which he's always wanted to be, but him to buy in if we're winning, I feel like he would be the sixth man of the year. He would be a nominee. He would have to be, especially what we saw in the bubble. But I feel like during the season, he was just so up and down, just like, I don't know if I want to be a sixth man or else I, I want to be a starter, but he's not going to be. But so once as, he embraced it, the once Suns he embraced took it, off. Dude, yes, exactly. That's what we need coming off the bench. Yes, I completely agree. So the great Dario saga continues. I'm hoping that at some point, uh, you know, my, my phone goes off and I, I hear that Dario's signed with the Phoenix Suns. Last so, man standing. Last man standing. Bring back Dario. Okay, mm-hmm. we're going to do something real quick. This is a fun game that I know both you and I like to play. And this is called, <laughs> What Number Will They Wear? Whenever a new member joins the Phoenix Suns, Matthew and I just like to play a little game, try to guess what number they're going to end up wearing for the team. So, Matthew, with that being said, what number do you think Jalen Smith is going to wear? I think if this is not already taken, because I already forget what, <laughs> what numbers everybody wears, uh, Jalen Smith would be 24. 24. 24. Uh, is that? I feel like that's somebody maybe. Yeah, that's uh, this guy right here. Oh. It's Tom Chambers. He's 24. My goodness. Yes. What was Tom Gugliotta, though, when he played for 24. the Suns? What a shame! It, it wasn't it wasn't retired yet. <laughs> okay. Tom Googs was twenty four as well. So you got to pick some other than twenty four. Jalen Smith, 20, what number is going to win? Twenty five. Twenty five. That's worn by Mikel Bridges. Come on, man. Twenty six. Twenty six. Okay, there you go. The last guy to wear twenty six <laughs> for the Suns was Ray Spalding in two thousand nineteen, and before nice. that, it was Shannon Brown. So I believe you wore twenty five in college. So I think you're not far off from there. 
I'm actually going to go ahead and say that he's going to wear 35. Last okay. guy, obviously, to wear 35 was Dragon Bender. So it'd be really great if Jalen Smith decided to wear 35 and we never have to remember Dragon Bender again. All right, what about Jay Crowder? This should be pretty easy. 36. No way, man. He's worn 99 his whole career. Yes, there you go. He, Perfect. He wear, Josh Jackson. He will wear 99. Yeah, no. Josh Jackson no, worn in the G League. Uh, if you look at Phoenix Suns players, Med Haddadi wore the highest number ever. He wore number 98 in 2013. So Jay Crowder has the opportunity to be the guy who wears the highest number in Suns history. So, and I guarantee that's going to look so nice. He looks good in 99 though. I mean, besides like Aaron judge, I feel like he pulls it off. A lot of people try to do it, but that fits Jay Crowder so well, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. Manny Ramirez, when he played for the Dodgers, he was number 99 as well. Damon Jones. What number is Damon Jones going to wear? 36. Okay, so 36. Do you know how many Suns wore 36 in Suns history? I do not. How many? A big fat zero. Wow. You know, I'm actually, I'm trying to, I'm looking on the page right now and I'm like, yep, there's no one on 36. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to guess Damon Jones wore with Atlanta, he wore 30. And when he was with the Golden State Warriors, he wore 15. So he's going 15 minute, 15 uh, increments, increments of 15. Yeah. Sound like an idiot. Uh, so he's going to be the first son since Stephen Hunter to wear the number 45, the same number the AC Green wore. That's my prediction right here, right now for Damon Jones. And then last but not least, what numbers each one more going to wear? That's easy. If PJ Tucker doesn't come back, number 17. He's going to wear number 55 because that's what he's wore his entire career. Exactly, dude. Yeah. Yes. And the last son to wear number 55. Mike James. Mike James. <laughs> yeah. The before, old 2K player. Yeah. 2K gosh. my player. That guy. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. You heard it. You heard it here first. That's who Matthew and I think uh, their their jersey numbers will be when they show up and they finally have their jerseys. We'll completely forget what we guessed. So I'm glad that we have it here recorded. So we have an opportunity to pull it yeah, back I, on I, this. I wrote down my four different answers for everybody. So. No, you didn't. I know. All right. Well, I already it's, forgot. That, it's that time, Matthew. It's time for thoughts. Um, brains. So obviously a lot's going on in the NBA, uh, not pertain to the Suns, but indirectly pertains to the Suns. So I thought it'd be a good uh, opportunity during the Our Thoughts segment to talk about some of the other transactions that have occurred. There's so many. I could I could literally sit here and read all the transactions and we'd be out of time. Um, but let me just start with this, Matthew. Kelly Oubre to the Warriors. Thoughts? Yeah. Thoughts. Uh, prediction, actually. I, I love it. I think it's something that was going to happen no matter what. They, they've been loving him for a couple months. But I love the fit. It kind of sucks to see him on the Warriors, but I've never been, I never hated the Warriors. So if he were to go to somewhere else, then that'd be sucky, like the Dallas Mavericks or like even San Antonio Spurs. But being on the Warriors is great. But my prediction for him is actually he becomes a 45% three point shooter. I think, he's gonna, I think he's gonna be that this year. Man, hope in one hand, shit in the other. See which one fills up faster, man. There's no way. He's gonna be a volume <laughs> shooter. No way. Because he's gonna be a volume shooter, but he's, he's gonna take so many, he's gonna miss so many. I don't think so. Dude, I don't think he's gonna take a lot. Six six per game is good. I think he nah, finishes that 45. Not that system. With Clay Thompson out, he's gonna be they're gonna rely on him a lot more, and he's gonna have to shoot a ton. He's gonna shoot like eight a game. All right, six to eight. Oh, come on, two <laughs> two extra threes over the course of an entire season. That's a lot of fucking threes, man. That's 140 more threes. Yeah, I guess you're right. But yeah, honestly, 45%. So I'm going to actually write that one down besides the numbers and see. <laughs> well, you know, good good for Kelly Oubre. It's good to see him land where he did. Um, it, it sucks because he's in our division now. I will say that. Uh, but it's good to yeah. see that, you know, somebody else 
wanted him enough. And, you know, I just, I know that that posterization on DeAndre Ayton's coming. I know when he plays the Suns, he's going to have, he's, that's when he's going to put up like 16 threes is when he plays the Suns. Like he's going to make us remember, you know, hey, Valley Boys, I'm Kelly Oubre. But, you know, he's one of those guys I'll always root for. I really liked Kelly Oubre on the team. And, uh, it's just, I wish he went to the East, man. I wish he went to the East. Yeah, you're right. But do you really hate the Warriors that much? I feel like just the fit no. with them would be great. I mean, if he if he thrives in it, they're going to be a winning team this year, and I'm not going to hate that. Either way, they're winning. It's not going. They're not going to be winning because he's shooting 45 percent from three, or maybe they are. Who knows? Well, the Warriors are one of those teams that have never hurt my feelings. The Suns have exactly. never really been, you know, had a hard time with the Warriors in the playoffs because during this whole run of success for the Warriors, the the Suns have been dog shit. So yeah. You know, they haven't hurt your feelings, whereas like the Lakers, the Spurs, teams like that, like I'll never truly get over. Um, there's other teams, though, obviously, that got better. Let's take uh-huh. a look at some of the teams that got better in the West. OK, the Lakers, man, the rich get richer. The The Lakers, they're the ones who got Montrez Harrell, which I thought yeah. was a great trade. They got Mark Gasol today. So now what they've done is they said, OK, uh, Anthony Davis, they, they have those insurance. They, they have those insurance policies for him. And they're saying, hey, you could take a few games off because we got Mark Gasol, because we've got um Montrez Harrell now who can back him up uh it's just and then did they they didn't get Serge Ibaka he went to the Clippers right correct yeah so so so, I mean the the LA teams just the rich gets richer right yeah they're actually they're insane they got this offseason they got these guys because already a great team but you really don't think of a LeBron James team to get these kind of guys Schroeder six man of the year almost yeah and then Harrell six man of the year so you had those two dudes two dudes that I love I love Schroeder too I know the Suns probably weren't going to get them but I've always loved Schroeder and I think on that offense with LeBron James it's going to be great but also just Harrell dude that was a steal that was I think the steal of free agency and they're going to be that much better and they also low key one that was is going to work out uh, very well for them is Wesley Matthews from the Bucks. You know, one year, three point six million. I think that's yeah. just that adds depth to the guard position, knowing that they're going they've lost Rajon Rondo. Um, he's still Cl- around. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I feel like yeah. every time I see him sign with someone, I'm like, oh yeah, he's still in the league. What do you think of the Marcus Morris contract? Four years, sixty four million dollars. <laughs> Shout out to Nathaniel Jansen, Jackson in the in the chat for bringing that up. What do you think of that, dude? What is that? What the what is that? is that, man? Did they get to go on a date with his mom? What the heck happened? Like, like I mean, that's sixteen million a year for four years for Marcus Morris. I don't are, understand. Are you high? And the joke is always, oh, they give the the money to the wrong Morris one. But it's like, which what's the wrong one? Which one deserves this much money? But I guess he's. I don't understand it, dude. If. Besides that move, they brought in Serge Ibaka. Other than that, the Clippers didn't do too much to get better, in my opinion, because they lost Montrezl Harrell. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You that's a good mean? replacement, though, Ibaka. It yeah, is. I it it is. I definitely agree. But to to do that kind of contract, I mean, that becomes that's a hard contract to sell over the next two years. Now, two years from now, you know, two years, thirty-two million, it becomes a little bit more easy, you know, flexible. But yeah. That's just that's a that's a tough one, man. I, I really don't understand the logic in that. Uh, who would have known that when Marcus Morris was playing for the Phoenix Suns that one day he'd be worth forty or sixty-four million dollars? Jesus, I Lord I can't Savior. even. I don't even know what to say. I really don't. That's insane. What other teams in the West do you think got better, got worse? What are you thinking? Uh, well, I think the Lakers really did the best, honestly. Yeah. Um, which we, which we of, just covered, Matthew. Jesus, I know, but that's the one team. I don't know which other teams do you believe got better in the West because they're the one team that really stuck out to me in the free agency. I think, yeah, from free from a free agency standpoint, not combined with the draft, 
I think you're right. I think Sacramento got worse by losing uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. He's in Atlanta now. Is that where he's going to end up, I think? Yeah, yeah. Good for them, man. You know, uh, they they signed De'Aaron Fox to that long-term deal, so I think that you know that's that's a good move for them to shore up that backcourt because you're going to yeah. have him and you're going to have Tyrese Halliburton. But I don't think a lot of teams in the West necessarily got ex- ex- exceedingly better. I feel like a lot of the spoils went to the East, right? Yeah, I think so, and that's that's awesome. That's what we want to see, right? Gallinari no. going to yep, right? Yeah, like these guys going to the East. That's what we want to see. We don't want to see the West get any better at all. So that's Amen. exactly what happened. I mean, the best team in the in the West got even better, but besides that, that's fine. Uh, you have. I'm going to go through some of these names, and let's see here. Christian Wood did come from the East to the West. He's with the Rockets now on a three-year, $41 million yeah. deal. But I think Christian Wood just got his biggest payday, and he's somebody who's been overrated. He got a lot of really good highlights playing in Detroit. I mean, he he bounced around for four or five years, and he had a decent you know, three-quarters of a season with Detroit with a lot of really good highlights. And every all of a sudden, his name was the hot name. Well, guess what? That's he he cashed in on it, and I don't, I'll be really interested to see if he, he keeps that up in in Houston. Yeah, what a weird team for him to go to. I think he needs more of a manageable like team where he is held accountable. I don't really see the Rockets as that unless Harden and them leave. Harden and Westbrook both leave. Westbrook's the guy, of course, to hold him accountable, but I feel like Westbrook doesn't really know what he's doing on that offense. So it's gonna be very strange that they keep all that group together with Christian Wood. But Christian Wood's a guy I feel like all Suns fans wanted to get. But now he got overpaid. It's like, oh, never mind. Good thing we dodged that, right? Because I, I wouldn't want to pay him oh, that yeah. much here in Phoenix. No, no. I mean, again, you talk about three-year deals, okay? So you just got Jay Crowder on a three-year deal for $10 million a year. And then Christian Wood got one for you know almost 14 a year. Okay? I just, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a much more of a fan of a guy who's going to fit in with the confines of your offense versus a guy who's out there trying to highlight dunk on everybody so he can get you know make as much money as possible. Exactly, dude. Well, he got his money. He got paid, yep. and who knows how that Rockets team is going to actually pan out going into next year. He, he might be the best player on the team. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, they still have some pretty big names there that they have yet to dish. But I, I think that you know, you take a look kind of across the the NBA, and a lot a lot of shock. I'd say you know I didn't see um, Danilo Gallinari or the Hawks being really big players at all. I knew that they had a lot of cap space. Yeah. But I, they really flexed with that cap space. They got Rajon Rondo. They brought in Danilo Gallinari. I mean, I think they did a really good job bringing in some of the bigger names in an effort to kind of buffer everything around that Trey Young window and and try to win now. Yeah, because he's a player I feel like you can now. I mean, it's his third year. He's going to his basically not his best year, but you're going to know what he is as an NBA player. So you got to surround him now. You don't want him to be unhappy. It's kind of like the Booker treatment. You don't want him to be unhappy. So you got to surround them with these kind of players. And it was a shock, but how many more years can they go knowing that Doncic, they traded uh, Trey Young for Luka yeah. Doncic? So you got to kind of make yourself a, not a championship contender, but a contender in a way to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I feel like they kind of did that here, especially with the Bogdanovich trade. That was out of nowhere too. So yeah. I love this team getting better, dude. I love these teams in the East that sucked. And now they have a purpose and I want to watch them next year, especially the the Hornets. The Hornets oh, yeah. and Gordon Hayward. I know they, they overpaid. Gordon Hayward. They may be overpaid, but man, he would he got four years for $120 million, but I feel like that's a great spot for him. Well, and then you have obviously LaMelo Ball playing there as well, exactly, and yeah. they re-signed Dwayne Bacon, who's somebody that I was a little bit high on. So it's just interesting to kind of see, yeah, the, these are going to be really good league pass teams to watch. And the fun thing about the East 
teams in the East is those are the teams that, you know, when you, when you get off work, when it's four, four 30, you come home, you got league pass on those are the teams that are playing. Cause they're always on the East coast, obviously. So these are actually going to be fun to watch. And that's been, you, you know, if you have league pass or you live on the East coast, you know, these have been really tough to watch for a while. So this could yes. be fun watching these teams and seeing how these experiments kind of work. You know, again, I think the difference between a lot of these and, and, and granted, I'm not a fan of any of these teams extensively, um, I'm a Phoenix Suns fan through and through. So obviously I've analyzed this roster up and down and I know, and I, I can see James Jones fan uh, uh, plan. I'm sorry. And you can kind of see how it fits together. And I don't know if, if these are fits, you know, bringing in Bogdan Bogdanovich and Rajon Rondo. And, and, you know, you, you look at what the Knicks are trying to do, you know, and, and they're bringing in Alfred Payton and they got Nerlens Noel and they got Alec Burks, you know, and then they brought in a, uh, God, who did I mention earlier? Uh, Austin Rivers, oh, you know, Austin I mean, Rivers, they, yeah. they, they, they literally, it's like, you're like, what are you trying to do now? Again, I haven't analyzed this roster, but like, for me, it just looks like they have the bottom of a pot and they're just like trying to scrape the shit off the bottom of a pot and put it together. <laughs> and they're like, here you go. Eat that Knicks fans. You know, we got Obi Toppin. So, I mean, it's really interesting to see how these kind of cultures are going to try to produce winners. Yeah, you're right, dude. And I think that the Knicks can do whatever they want. It's fine. But I love how um, the Nets got Joe Harris back. So that's yeah. good. But besides that, I mean, well, Vince got- says it in the chats, uh, Celtics extended Tatum for huge bucks and they got Tristan Thompson and Jeff Teague. They got rid of yeah. Horford. They brought in Tristan Thompson. They got Jeff Teague, which is a quality backup. It'll be interesting to see what the Celtics do as well. Uh, good. Pay Tatum all that money. It's not worth it. Mike. And the best part of this is Josh Jackson's. He's finally out of the West. We don't have to worry about him anymore, man. Yeah. Who, who picked Detroit? him up? Yeah. He Detroit. went to Detroit as well. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I forgot he was a free agent. Detroit but, and their yeah. dumpster fire sightings. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's it for our thoughts. Uh, real quick, do you want to hit a couple mailbaggers and then we'll get out of here? Yeah, we got time. Yeah, we got time. Thank you. Thank you for approving. Uh, remember, you can email the, the show session at gmail.com or you can visit sunsjamsession.com and fill out the form there. Or you can always hit us up on Twitter at sunsjam. Uh, I did have a question from Forcemaster76, and he was asking about should the Suns pursue a Baines for George Hill sign and trade? And obviously, yeah. Baines is now gone. Baines uh, officially signed with the Toronto Raptors. I believe it's two years, $14 million. Is that what it ended up being? 14.4? Yeah, yeah. I know it was seven-something per year. Yeah, so. it, was in- yep. it was interesting. You know, So obviously, that you, we, we won't discuss kind of what Forcemaster was saying, but I did want to save the Aaron Baines talk for this segment right here. It's interesting because Aaron Baines only went for $7 million. And I know that we had talked about multiple times uh, throughout our, our browsings and thinking about what he's going to do and how much. We thought he priced himself out of the, the market, right? That's what we thought. We thought he would get overpaid by maybe someone that's a championship contender. Um, I know that the... the- the, the Patriots, the Raptors, <laughs> the Raptors are, of course, the championship contender, like always, because that team's dominant. Fred Van Vliet went back to the Raptors, which is awesome. Yep. But that team, Serge Ibaka leaves, so you bring in Aaron Baines, a perfect replacement. It does suck to see him leave. Um, I just don't know how much more we would get from him this year if he were to stay with the Suns, and I feel like we would have had to pay at least 15 mil to keep him. That's why I didn't think the Suns were going to get it are going to get him. Now he only got paid seven. So that was kind of strange. Yeah. I mean, obviously he wants to go somewhere and win. He's at the back end of his career and he wants to win because I guarantee you the Suns could have probably offered him something close to that, or at yeah. least, you know, kind of extended a deal out if he really wanted to stay here. So, uh, you know, good luck, Aaron Baines, another guy we'll be rooting for. And I'm glad you're in the East because I can root for you even harder. So congrats to him. Um, another one from Twitter. This comes from at R O Benton. And he said, should the Suns pursue Jeremy Lynn? Um, I don't think so, but my favorite spot for Jeremy Lynn is uh the 
Oh my God, the new uh, the, the Brooklyn the New Nets. England Patriots. I was gonna call the New Jersey Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. Jeez, it's been a long freaking day. So back day. to Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, I think that would be cool for him to go back to Brooklyn though with, with Steve Nash and that crew. I think. I what is his updates though? Like, is there any updates on him and any teams getting back in? I know when he left the league and no teams wanted him, he was really upset about that. Yes. So I don't even know if there's any teams with interest in him. I honestly don't. Obviously, he's somebody who he's expressed an interest in coming back to the NBA. I think that's where this news is kind of comes from. Mm-hmm. Is somebody was reading the fact that he is interested in coming back, but I don't know if there's a place for him. Uh, from from a Sun standpoint, I have no interest in bringing him in. I think that with Etwan Moore and everybody else that's kind of been signed, we definitely have our guard depth shored up. Uh, Tyshawn Alexander also on that two that two way contract is another guy. It's like there's yeah. just no room f- for him here. The the perf- the last guy we need on the roster is a Dario Sarge. That's exactly what we need. That's like, what we need. You, you look at that roster, and I'll bring it up one more time for everybody here, that you, you need a Dario Sarge. You take a look at that roster. You look at our wings and our bigs. You look at our guards. What can truly unlock all that, in my opinion, is it's just somebody who plays like Dario does. That would complete this picture. It would. For sure. It, it would. So anything else you got, Matthew, before we get out of here today on this episode of the Suns Jam Session podcast? I don't, but I mean – Come on, what a crazy couple days, and we maybe have more podcasts, maybe Tuesday, Thursday. Who knows what's going to happen, so we'll be back This quick. is true. We might be back Tuesday. We'll definitely be back Thursday. Uh, one of my favorite things about drinking these banquet beers is they got these these little like quotes. I never knew that. Yeah, on the inside of the wow. caps. Quietly work. Let success speak up. Okay. I think that's a perfect thing for the that's Phoenix Suns, man. That's how they've been... They've been going around their business. You know, James Jones is a tight-lipped individual who doesn't let a a lot uh, leave the camp, if you will. And due to that, obviously, again, you know, I'll go back to where we started. It was interesting on Friday because nothing was happening. And then once everything started happening, you realize realize that, you know what, this is James Jones' plan, and hopefully it'll work. I think that this team is a top-four team in in the West next year, easy. The Lakers Lakers are are definitely number one. The Clippers, I I still want to see. I get it. You still have Paul George. You still have Kawhi Leonard. Those guys are also a year older. And their year older is is different than our year older because our year older is a young team. Again, only three guys are over the age of 30. We're not a year older. We're a year better. And I really think that we're going to have the ability to turn some heads this season. And I am unbelievably excited. Like I always say, dude, these teams have to take the season seriously. Maybe the Clippers do because of what that happened in the championship, but or in the playoffs, excuse me. Yep, yep. But a lot of these teams will not take the season seriously. So that puts the Suns up another notch, I think. Yep. Oh, yeah. Somebody made a good point. Thursday's Thanksgiving. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it looks like we're doing one on Turkey oven. night. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> we'll I'll see know. how that goes. Yeah. Oh, we'll actually, see. Thursday night, you know what? Jamsters, huh. I do have plans for Thanksgiving that night. I totally forgot, but we'll see what happens. Well, maybe, maybe it'll maybe it'll be Friday then. Jeez. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It is a holiday, so yeah. Iverson vlogs in the chat. Thanks. I'm pretty sure that's Thursday. Yeah. Oops. Holiday season. Everything gets a little crazy. So we'll figure it out. But uh, yes. until next time, thank you, Suns Jamsters, for hanging out with us. Remember to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Darth Voida. He's at Matthew Lissy. The podcast is at Suns Jam on both Instagram and Twitter. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network, make sure you hit subscribe, you rate and review. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe as well and hit the little ring ding ding ring ring dong ring ring ding dong ring ding 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 dong. So hey, all I gotta say is what up, fellas? What up, fellas? Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. I got a whole new banquet beer with my name on it, and I'll try not to burp while I drink it. Take care, everybody. All right, fellas, go home. I love your family. Hey, man, take care. <laughs>